Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Today's message title is Serving is the Answer. The answer to what? You'll find out. Don't be that guy who, who always jumps ahead. Serving is the answer. I'm going to be talking about serving today. Serving is a, is a, is a tricky thing. For me. I began to, to realize something about serving, and, and I realized that through my family. I love my family. You guys love your families? Some of you guys are being honest. Pretend. Do you guys love your families? <laughs> You guys love your church family? Nice. So I have an uncle. You guys have uncles? Anybody got uncles? That's a weird question, right? That's dumb. Duh, we got uncles. I have one uncle in my life. I've only had one uncle. He's actually here today. His name is Simon. Everybody say, hi, Simon. (laughs) Oh, man. Simon is loved in this church. I love my uncle, Simon. Anyone who knows Simon knows the Simon story. Right? And if you don't know Simon, I'm going to give you his origin. Right? Simon's like a superhero to me, so I'm going to give you his origin. You know how Spider-Man got bit by a radioactive spider? Simon was hit by a radioactive car. Uh, <laughs> now, he was, he was involved in, in several car accidents in his life, and it's, it's, so, it's, it's so odd because the first time he was involved in the accident, the car hit him. And then years later, he was involved in a car accident. And we thought he got hit by a car, but he's very adamant. He goes, no, no, no. The car didn't hit me. I hit the car. I got revenge. (laughs) And a testament to my mother is we we didn't know where he was. He'd been missing for three days. And they mentioned it to my brother, Rolando, because they hadn't told my mother because they didn't want to worry her. And he said, are you crazy? That's the person you tell when someone goes missing. And true, true to his statement, the same day she found out, we found him. (laughs) <laughs> we found him in a hospital. He was a John Doe. And ever since then, he's been living with me. And it's been amazing because Simon is the best. Like, I love my uncle. I don't think I could have had a better uncle. Simon is so the best. He has a song about how he's the best. He says, I am the best. There's no one like me. No, there's nobody like me. You know what I mean. And I don't remember the rest. But you can ask Simon after service what the song is. Simon's the best. I love Simon's around because when Simon's around, my mother doesn't ask me to do anything. I don't have to go to the store. I don't have to do dishes. I don't, I don't do those, those things anyway, but I don't have to have her ask me to because Simon does it. And Simon got cupones, so it's amazing. The thing is, Simon's not the best at doing dishes. Like, so like, I will have a cup that I only drank water out of. And you know what a cup is filled with when it's had water in it? Nothing, it's just water, it only has germs. Sometimes I think you shouldn't wash a cup if it only had water in it, but germophobes are like, no, so whatever. I will put it in the sink. A few days later, I will find it in the cupboard, somehow with more food on it than it could have ever had when I put it in the sink in the first place. I'm like, Simon, how's there a whole chuleta in the cup? And he's like, I don't know. You wash the dishes then. I'm like, no. I go, Simon, we have a dishwasher. Simon says, no, that's going to waste water. 
I go, no, Simon, you know what's going to waste water? Not the dishwasher. You washing the same cup 13 times. That's what's going to waste water. You washing the same cup because somehow it gets dirty when you wash it. And he laughs at me. Uh, and, and the truth is, I'm, I'm kind of like, like, I can't complain about Simon doing the dishes, right? Because in reality, Simon's a grown man. He shouldn't be doing the dishes. I'm 25. I should be doing the dishes, right? No, you guys don't agree. All right, cool. I don't <laughs> Uh, I should be doing the dishes. And that, that happens to me a lot in my house. You know, like, things happen, but I can't really complain because I'm a millennial and I don't, I don't do stuff. Like, I'm trying to get it to where I could be like, okay, Google, do the dishes. Yo, Alexa, do the dishes. Right now, I just got Simon, do the dishes. I'm working on it. My mother uh, also is someone I can't complain because my mother's too good. My mother's amazing. Like, I come home sometimes and my room is done. Like, clean. And I clean my room. But my mother cleans my room. Like, I just put stuff away. My mom makes it spanking new. My mom also washes my clothes. You guys can't judge me, right? This is a judgment-free zone. You guys cannot be like, yo, this is a 25-year-old grown man. Why is uncle and his mother does everything for him? Listen, I'm blessed and highly favored. <sighs> my mother has washed, washes my clothes, and every time she washes my clothes, what I've noticed is they come back not fitting me. And this is an issue because I've been gaining weight. So it messes with my self-esteem. Like, I think last time I was here, I said I weighed the most I ever weighed. That record has been broken. I now weigh the most I've ever weighed. So when I put clothes on and they don't fit me, it's an issue. And I'm wondering, like, Ma, is it a clothes issue or is it, like, a Primark issue? Because <laughs> I think it's a Primark issue. But either way, I shop at Primark. I will always shop at Primark. I don't click care if the clothes shrink. $70 for, like, 15, 30 pairs of clothes, it's amazing, it's worth it. So I've had a conversation with my mom. I said, hey, ma, my clothes are shrinking when we, when we dry them. Don't dry them. She goes, oh, okay, I didn't know that. I won't dry them. I go, you sure? She goes, yeah, I'm not going to dry them. I'll be sure not to dry them. I'm like, you're not going to dry them. She says, yes, I'm not going to dry them. I go, okay, we're not going to dry them. She says, yes, I won't dry them. I'm like, all right, we're good. I go, I buy more clothes from Primark. I come back, I say, hey, ma, these clothes are from Primark. They will shrink. She goes, oh, let me see the tags. She looks at the tags. It says, do not tumble dry. She goes, oh, it says do not tumble dry. I won't dry them. I go, okay, good. You're not going to dry them? She says, yep, I'm not going to dry them. I go, ma, you're not going to dry my clothes. She said, no, I'm not going to dry your clothes. I read the tag. It says do not dry these clothes. So I will not dry these clothes. A week later, I go to put on these clothes that I just bought, and I'm like, nah, there's no way I got that fat in a week. And I tried on my, my fat shirt. It's the shirt that I've had for years that I know, like, if this shirt fits me, I didn't gain weight because I bought it before I gained weight, and it still fits, so I'm good. So I tested it out. My shirt fit me. I knew I didn't get fat. I knew my mother dried my clothes, but I can't really complain, so I just said, hey, Ma, did you dry my clothes? Because my shirts don't fit. And she said, no. And so I'm good. I'm getting ready to walk out. I'm like, it must be a Primark thing. I must have got fat, whatever. And as I'm about to walk out, she goes, I tried them on the light setting. I'm like, Ma, that's not, not drying clothes in my head. I can't say this because I can't complain. You know why I can't complain? Because I've realized, <laughs> this is not, all right, listen, we say yes and amen. We don't criticize. Or, all right, we stay at yes and amen here. I can't complain because I don't do them. I don't, sir, and what I've realized is I've been trying to change that because in reality it's not just, 
because I need to, because I'm supposed to. It's because I call that place home. It's because I'm so grateful for what that place has been. I've lived in the same house my entire life. I don't know what it is to move. I don't know what it is to have to pack to, to find a new place. I've been able to live in the same home be taken care of, and I really just feel like I, I should be more involved in what I do. Because what I've realized, too, is it's so easy to become a bystander rather than a participator into what's happening. Like, there's so much that goes on in my house that I don't know. Things just get clean. Furniture just gets moved around. The bathroom ends up clean. The living room ends up clean. And I live in an amazing home that's well-kept, but I've never participated in it. I've just been a bystander, and I've experienced the cleanliness of the home. But I'm house-sitting now, and I've learned that taking care of a home is hard work. And I want to become a participator. I don't want to be a bystander. And I share this because this revelation, I don't think just applies to my own personal life. I think it applies to all of us in our church life. See, I believe God is doing something here in Christ Uncensored. He is moving. I believe anyone who calls this place home has a purpose. It's called to do so much more than just experience worship. I think we're, we're called to do so much more than experience outreach. I think we're called to participate in what God is if you call this place home, I believe God wants you to be a part of this home. Don't be a Reuben. Everybody say <laughs> if you're If you're new here, I want you guys to know that, that today is simply a foreshadowing of what we expect of everyone as they grow in their faith of Jesus. It's not, hey, it's your first day. We, we believe you should sign up. It's, hey, we believe that we're all called to do this. And if you call this place home, I really believe that we're all called to serve the Lord. And, and really, I also think that serving is, and that's that which, which leads me to the title of the message again, serving is the answer. I think we ask so many questions, but I think serving others is the answer to so many questions that we ask in life. And so I want to look at the life of Samuel today because Samuel from an early age is dedicated to service unto the Lord, like as a child. I want to go into the scriptures. We're going to go into 1 Samuel. Um, and some quick background. Samuel was a, he was a blessing to this woman named Hannah and her husband, Elkanah. Hannah had been a barren woman who wasn't supposed to have kids, but she was praying to God in front of the high priest Eli. And God heard her prayer and blessed her with the son, Samuel. And it's right after this moment that we pick up. It says, the time came for Elkanah and his family to go to Shiloh and offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and the special sacrifice he promised. But the time, but this time Hannah did not go. She told her husband, as soon as the child is weaned, I will take him to the house of the Lord where he will stay all his life. Could you imagine someone giving their child to one of the leaders here or to Roe and saying, hey, he's gonna, this child is going to stay here in Kuhau for all their life. That's what's happening here. And her husband responds, all right, do whatever you think. Stay at home until you've weaned him and may the Lord make your promise come true. And it says, so Hannah stayed at home, weaned him. Then she took him to Shiloh, taking along a three-year-old bull, 10 kilograms of flour, and a leather bag full of wine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump a here, ahead here. It says, she took Samuel young as he was, uh, and they took the child to Eli. 
Hannah said to him, excuse me, sir, do you remember me? I am the woman you saw standing here praying to the Lord. I asked him for this child, and he gave me what I asked for. So I am dedicating him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he will belong to the Lord. Then they worship the Lord there. Serving is the answer. Can you guys say that? Serving is the answer. See, as a result of Hannah's decision, Samuel is dedicated to a life of service. Like homeboy is full-time ministry before he even says goo goo gaga. Since he's an infant. And I think that's so important because we can glean so much from his life that I think will compel us to serve. As I read the life of Samuel, it compels me to step up even as a leader in the church. How, and it, it causes me to ask, how can I serve more? And so the first thing that we'll see as we, as we read through Samuel is his dedication to serving God at, at even such an early age as a child. And, and in Samuel chapter 2, it says this. The sins of the sons of Eli <clears throat> was extremely serious in the Lord's sight. Because they treated the offerings to the Lord with such disrespect. In the meantime, the boy Samuel, in the meantime, the boy Samuel continued to serve the Lord. I love, I love that, that verbiage. In the meantime, it juxtaposes what the sons of Eli are doing right with what Samuel is doing. And it says that while others were focused on other things, while others were, were, were becoming corrupt, Samuel just continued to serve. He didn't get caught up in what the sons of Eli were doing. If anybody should have been serving the temple, it was the sons of the high priest. He didn't get involved with, he didn't say, oh, they're, they're benefiting from this. I'm going to jump in on what they're doing. No, Samuel was so dedicated, and I think this is why he's such a great example of this, because he was so dedicated to serving that he didn't care what others were doing. He just continued to serve. No matter the circumstances around him, he continued to serve. And as a result, we see what happens next in verse 26. As the sons of Eli continue in their corruption, Samuel continues to serve. And chapter 226 says, the boy continued to grow. Say that with me. Grow. To gain favor. Both with the Lord and with people. Say the Lord and with people. See, as Samuel continued to serve, he grew. He gained favor with the Lord, and he gained favor with people. And, and, and I think there's three questions. I think serving answers a lot of questions, but there's three questions that I think are big questions that are related to growing, serving the, gaining favor with God, and with people. And see, it says that Samuel's gaining favor with the Lord for serving, but it's weird to me because I'm like, all right, Samuel, homeboy, how were you serving him? Like, was he getting God's son a drink? Like, was he sweeping the floors of God's bedroom? Like, I don't believe that he could actually serve the, the, the Lord in a physical, actual, real way. And I don't know what Samuel's job was. I tried. I Googled everywhere. Like, what did Samuel do? Craigslist job searches for Samuel's job in the temple. What would you? I don't know. So I'm going to make it up. I'm going to make up whatever Samuel did. Whatever it was, the Bible says 
that Samuel served the Lord. And I'm like, no, Samuel didn't serve the Lord, he served Eli. No, he didn't serve the Lord, he served the temple at, at Shiloh. But the Bible says in serving them, he was serving the Lord. And I think this is important because I ask myself this so much. How many of us have asked, Lord, how can I serve you more? Like, God, I just want to serve you more. And I've gotten so caught up in asking God, Lord, I just want to serve you. But my back has been turned, towards, turned away from people. I've been like, Lord, I just want to serve you. Hey, Reuben, can you? Not right now. I'm busy. Lord. But the Bible tells us that it's actually in our serving others that we serve God. The first question I want to talk about today is the question, how can we serve God? Has anybody asked that question, God, how can I serve you? Well, here's the answer. Serving others. You know how you serve God? You serve people. Matthew 25 explains this explicitly. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, the righteous will then answer, when, Lord, did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Are thirsty and give you a drink? When did we ever see you a stranger and welcome you in our homes, are naked and clothe you? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you, whenever you did this for one of the least important of these members of my family, you did it for me. When you feed someone, you feed God. When you offer someone a drink, you're offering a drink to God. When you welcome someone, you're welcoming God. When, when our hosts direct someone to their seat, it's as if they are directing God himself to his seat. When, when, when we welcome people at doors, it's as if we're welcoming God himself. Because the Bible is very clear that there is this woven, interlocking relationship between how we treat people and how we love God. And so when your coworker is yelling at you and, and calling you names and you, you just give them grace, it's as if you're being patient with God. Because I'm going to be honest, if God was able to have a bad day and yell at me and cut me off in traffic and curse me out, I'd be like, you know what, God, you good, you God. Because I'm so thankful to all that you've done. I'm so thankful for you. And that's what the gospel is. The gospel is how much God has done for us even when we were undeserving. Like, we, we spoke about Hannah, right? Hannah was this barren woman who God blessed with Samuel. And she willingly gave up Samuel to Eli so that God's promise would be fulfilled in Samuel. Which makes me think of this other woman who years later down the line, she wasn't barren, but she was a virgin. And God blessed her with Jesus. And she willingly gave Jesus up unto death so that God's promise might be filled in humanity. So that God's promise might be fulfilled in Reuben. So that God's promise might be fulfilled in Javi. So that God's promise might be fulfilled in so that God's promise might be fulfilled in Jaquette. And when I think about how much God has done, 
I'm just so grateful to him, and I know I'll never be able to repay him. And, and that's not what it's about. It's not God saved you, so do something for him. But there's something about the goodness of others that makes you want to give back. Right? Like, like Zab, Zab, we call him uh, the church Uber. Because Zab has, no matter how far away, no matter how long it would take, no matter how tired he was, no matter what, whenever we hang out, Zab is the first to say, I got you, I'll take you, I'll give you a ride home. And so when I get a vehicle, or when I get any opportunity to bless Zab, I bless him. Why? Because I'm so grateful to what, for what he does. Because, yo, the buses in Staten Island are crazy. Like, they no joke. I'm so grateful for what Pastor Rolando and Lisa have done in my life. And so when I, when I look at them and I have the opportunity to give back to them, I jump at it. And when I look at God, I'm like, God, what could I give you? God, what could I do for you? God, like you who has everything, what could I do? And then I read Matthew and it says, if I treat your people right, it's as if I'm treating you right. When I bless others, it's like I'm blessing you. When I, when I give to others, when, I, when I'm busy and I say, I know I'm busy, but I'm going to answer this phone call and let you talk about whatever you're talking about just because you need a friend to listen. It's as if I get to listen to Jesus and I would listen to Jesus if he, had a, if he was possible of having a bad day every day because of what he's done for me. So when I say, how can I serve God? The answer is by serving others. And Samuel, in serving others, is gaining favor. Long before Matthew tells us that serving others is serving God, Samuel's life shows us that serving others is serving God. And as we continue looking at his life, we, Samuel is such an embodiment of what it means to serve. See, there's this moment in Samuel's life where, where God actually calls him out. And I want to I wanna jump into that for, for the next question that I think serving answers. And there's so much meat in this message. Like I, w I feel like I could preach a series uh, on serving because there's so much in here. So in those days, it says, when the boy Samuel was serving the Lord under the direction of Eli. I'm going to say that one more time because that's important to what we're going to be talking about. Under the direction of Eli, there were very few messages from the Lord and visions from him were quite rare. One night, <clears throat> Eli, was now, who was now almost blind, was sleeping in his room. Samuel was sleeping in the sanctuary where the sacred covenant box was. Before dawn, while the lamp was still burning, the Lord called Samuel. Who called Samuel? The Lord. He answered, yes, sir, and ran to Eli. Who did Samuel run to? That's weird, right? Because that's a little, like, the Lord called you, bro, wrong number. He ran to Eli and said, you called me, and here I am. But Eli answered, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So Samuel went back to bed. The Lord called Samuel again. Here, here's the explanation for why Samuel is going to Eli. The boy did not know that it was the Lord because the Lord had never spoken to him before. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait You mean to tell me that in chapter 1, Samuel is serving the Lord, but he'd never heard the Lord speak before? 
I mean, I just think of how many of us wait for God, call us to serve. God, I'm waiting for you to tell me what my calling is. God, I'm waiting for you to tell me what my purpose is. But Samuel just continued to serve. He said, I never heard God. I just know I'm called to serve him. My life has been dedicated to him. So I'll sweep. I'll do whatever you need. If Eli calls me, I'm going to go. Long before the Lord ever called Samuel, Samuel was already serving him. And, and this is like a bonus point. Like I literally just got it right now. It's because you don't find your purpose before you serve. It's in serving that you find your purpose. Before we were a church, when we were just people worshiping God, we didn't have teams. We had everything. I've been the leader of everything. Except kids and finances. Those are the two things nobody trusts me with. I'll drop a kid and I'll mess up the numbers. <laughs> Jenny was not, that's, you guys are laughing way too hard. All right? Let's stop. Jenny was not called to be the kids director. She just watched the kids for a couple weeks. And in that, she found her calling. Before... It's, it's in serving that we find our purpose. And here Samuel is being called before God. But that's not my point. That's just a, that was, that was a Jesus moment. So he got up, went to Eli, because the Lord had never spoken to him before. So he got up, went to Eli and said, you called me. And I have to imagine that at this point Samuel's annoyed. Like it says, it's right before dawn. So I'm sure homeboy Samuel is tired. And he's just like, you called me, here I am. And I'm sure Eli is annoyed too. Eli's like, where is it? I lost my place. Can we go back? I think we're, yeah. You called me in here. But Eli answered, my son, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. The Lord called Samuel a third time. He got up, went to Eli and said, you called me and here I am. We can continue. Then Eli realized that it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to him, go back to bed. And if the Lord calls you again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. The Lord came and stood there and called him as he had before. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak, your servant is listening. And here is the moment where it all changes for Samuel. And he has now grown to a point where God is speaking to him directly. But before that, he was serving others. You see, so often in my life, I'm growing spiritually and then I feel stagnant and I'm like, God, I need more. Like, God, why do I feel stuck? Why do I feel like I'm not growing? And the answer that Samuel shows us is, if you want to grow, serving is how you do it. I think the question we all ask ourselves is, how do we grow? How do I grow? I feel like I'm not growing my job. I feel like I'm not growing spiritually. I feel like I'm supposed to be there, but I'm here. But it's in serving others. See, way before God calls him, all the way back in chapter 2, Samuel's just serving. And it's, it's Samuel serving under the direction of Eli. 
It's Eli who's leading Samuel. And when God called Samuel, it was Eli who instructed him on how to respond. See, the text, like if I gave you the, the Twitter version of it, it's this. God called Samuel. Samuel thought it was Eli. Eli realized it was God and told him what to do. And see, we all have a calling in our lives. I believe that there's nobody, I don't believe there's anybody in this church who doesn't have a purpose. I believe if you call this place home, I believe if, if you are put on this earth, if you are alive and breathing, you have a purpose. You have a calling. There's something that God wants to do in your life. But here's the thing. In order to learn how to respond to that calling, we need an Eli in our lives. We need to serve the Lord under the direction of someone. My Eli is, is our pastor. I served directly under Pastor Rolando just a few weeks ago. I didn't think I, had this, I would have this conversation. My purpose was prophesied to me. I thought we were good, but I said, hey, man, I've been feeling conflicted about my purpose. Like, I know it's pastoral, but then I'm going for my master's in psychology. Like, I don't know how those two add up. Sometimes I feel like they're at odds. I was just conflicted. You know how I figured out my purpose? It wasn't in a deep three-hour prayer. I didn't fast for a year. I didn't go into the wilderness. I went to lunch with my pastor. I went to lunch with my Eli, and in a casual conversation, God began to bring something up between us, and I can now say that I know fully and confidently what my calling is. But that's through having an Eli in my life. If you want to know how to respond to God's call in your life, you need an Eli. But to get an Eli, you have to serve under an Eli. And serving on a dream Kuhau guarantees you an Eli in your life. You know why? Because every leader here knows when they step into leadership, they're stepping into being an Eli. That they're called not to lead tasks, not, not to lead a, a, a function, but we're called to lead people. And we know that the best way to lead people is to lead them to their purpose. It's to lead them to where God is calling. So when we say yes to leadership, we say yes to the responsibility of discipling others, of pouring into others, and figuring out what God has called them to do. And listen, we won't be perfect at it. I said Eli, right? Eli sent Samuel to bed three times before he realized God was calling him. We will do that. Thank you so much. We will do that. Ooh, this is way... Y'all been letting me preach on that mic this whole time? But Eli, even nearing his blindness, was able to see Samuel's call. And even in our brokenness, even in our imperfection, God will put leaders around you that if you serve under them, they will see your calling... And they will realize that God is calling you, what he's calling you to, and how you ought to respond long before you ever do. Long before you ever do. Pastor Roe was telling me I was a pastor as I was an atheist. Like, you're called to be a pastor. I'm like, pastor of what? I could be like, pastor of atheism. It's like, nah, you're called to be a pastor. Pastor Lee, every time we hung out, I didn't like hanging out with Lisa because Lee would take anything I said and be like, ooh. How are you an atheist? That's good right there. Oh, I'm like, stop. She's like, you're going to be a pastor. Watch. Long before I ever even realized that there was a God, my Eli's had told me what I would be doing in his kingdom. You need an Eli. And because Samuel served others, he served God. 
Because he served others, he grew because he'd been given access to his Eli. When you say yes to serving, you say yes to growing. So how, how, how can we grow? By serving others. How, how can we serve God? By serving others. And at the end of chapter 3, there's this crazy, crazy statement. Crazy statement at the end of chapter 3. And I actually want to go into it. See, Samuel had been called by God. Samuel had been serving God. Now Samuel had been called by God. And it says that as Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him and made everything that Samuel said come true. Samuel, can I tell you guys something? Samuel was one of the first prophets in Israel. So all the people of Israel, from one end of the country to the other, knew that Samuel was indeed a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to reveal himself at Shiloh, where he had appeared to Samuel and had spoken to him. And when Samuel spoke, when Samuel spoke, all of Israel listened. Whoa, 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 I thought Samuel was just in Shiloh. Like, how many Instagram did followers did Samuel have to get for an entire nation to start listening to him, right? It says that when Samuel spoke, not just the, the, the area of Shiloh listened to him. No, now all of Israel listened to him. And I think that's such an important nugget because before Israel was listening to him, Samuel was serving them. And I ask this question a lot. I say, Lord, how can I change the world? You guys look around and, and see the news and see what's happening. You ever ask yourselves that? Like, how does this world change? I ask it all the time. I don't even watch the news anymore because it's just such, it's, it's gossip nowadays. And it's someone died, someone did this, someone... And I think the question we all ask ourselves is this, how can we change this world? Guys, the title of my message is the title of my message for a reason. It's because we're going to change the world by serving others. Can I show you? See, Samuel is what we know now, right after chapter 3 ends, is that Samuel is one of the most venerated prophets in the Bible. Samuel, as you'll learn, ushers in a new era for Israel. He's also instrumental in every single one of the battles that Israel will have to face. And he's the same prophet who anoints David to be king. David, who out of his lineage, we get Jesus, the son of God. But before Samuel has all this power, before Samuel goes on, before all of Israel is listening to Samuel, we get this little verse that says, in the meantime, Samuel continued to serve. He hadn't heard God's voice yet, but he continued to serve. Those around him were corrupt and wicked, but he continued to serve. He was just a boy, but he continued to serve. And now here is 
a nation who, has, who he has the ear of. You know why that's so important to changing the world? Because in Romans 10, it says this. Everyone who calls out to the Lord for help will be saved. How can they call to him for help if they do not believe? And how can they believe if they have not heard the message? If they have not heard the message? And how can they hear the message if it's not proclaimed? Guys, the reason why it's so important is because there's a world out there that needs to hear the message and the good news of Jesus Christ. But they won't listen if we don't have their ear. And you don't force someone to listen. You don't. No, Samuel paints the picture very clearly. He dedicates his life to serving others. And it's because Samuel served in the temple, it's because Samuel served the Lord that now he was in a position to proclaim the message of the Lord. If we want to be in a position to change this world, to, to proclaim the gospel, we've got to serve others. Because the gospel is the only thing that's going to change this world. Like nothing apart from Jesus will because we can, we can develop things that will prevent poverty. We can develop things that will prevent human trafficking, that will, but they will only be stop gaps. No matter what we do, they will only dampen the issue. Because at the heart of all human, human issues is humanity. The reason why, why, why certain political systems like communism, where, where you're supposed to spread the wealth, like, like socialism, all these things, they don't work, is not because there's an issue with the system, it's because there's an issue with the people. And if our hearts are always centered towards ourselves and not Jesus, it'll only be momentary. And the reality is that this world just has a Jesus problem. There's this hole inside of us. There's this hunger inside of us that only precious Jesus can fulfill. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.